Welcome to the Fashionista Life, where we talk about fashion, interior design, parenting, and everything that encompasses the lifestyle of a fashionista. You can't help but smile with our host, Jennifer Johnson, a true fashionista and lifestyle expert, coming to you live from Naples, Florida. Hi, friends, and thanks for listening to The Fashionista Life, brought to you by True Fashionistas, where you can shop, sell, and look fabulous. I am your host, Jennifer Johnson, and today we welcome into the studio Dr. Kieran Gill. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It is such a pleasure to have you here. And you are with Naples Aesthetic Institute. Dr. Kieran Gill is a board-certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon with a specialty fellowship training in aesthetic surgery of the breast and body. Did I miss another part? And the face. And the face. (laughs) See, I knew I missed something. And as one of the only female plastic surgeons in Naples, that's pretty amazing. It's wonderful. Dr. Gill has garnered the respect of her patients, colleagues, and community. Her professional integrity, compassionate care, precise surgical technique, and creative innovation, along with her passion for style. Ooh, I like that. Uh, style, artistry, and beauty has quickly elevated her into Naples, uh, into one of the Naples' premier plastic surgeons. You make so, me sound <gasps> fabulous. Well, you are. But it's funny when someone else talks about you. <laughs> you're right, because you're like, oh. Is that oh. me? Oh, she's talking about me. That, me. <laughs> that is totally you. Yes. So it's great to have you in here. This is a topic that we hear from our listeners all the time. They're always like, tell me about this. Tell me about this. Of course. So let's get started. Let's do it. So what led you, What what's your path? What was your journey to get you to where you are today as a leading plastic surgeon here in Naples, as one of the only women yes. leading so plastic surgeons? It's interesting. My mom's a physician. So okay. I kind of grew up thinking I knew I was going to be a doctor. Um, and when I went to college, that was my path. And I thought I was going to do exactly what she did, which is interventional cardiology. And so the path took me to med school. And in med school, you do several rotations. Mm-hmm. And kind of, I think you decide very quickly in your third year, are you going to be on the medicine side of things or the surgical side of things? And the minute I stepped into the operating room, I knew I was going to be a surgeon. So there was no question in my mind. So that sort of cardiology mm-hmm. track went bye-bye. And I had to tell <laughs> my mom that. But but being in the operating room was awesome. And I was also an athlete. So I think it's honing your skills. It's mm-hmm. sort of inbred in me, I guess. Um, and then plastics. I mean, you you get to experience a whole bunch of different things when you're a medical student. And plastic surgery, as I look back, I think I was into architecture and interior oh, design and gosh. fashion and stuff like that. So I think in all of surgery, because you have this artistry in plastic mm-hmm. surgery, it was I was already... I didn't know I was going to do it, but I think that's why I ended up in plastics. That's so interesting that you say this because I I, I look at my daughter who's right. 17 okay. is into architecture and fashion. She's into all of the things that you just talked about. And she, she could be a plastic surgeon. And you know what? <laughs> a couple of years ago, even up to a year ago, she said, yeah. I want to be a plastic surgeon. Right. Got the suture kits, all that stuff and practice. Yes. And now she wants to be in interior design and archi- in yes. basically interior architecture. Right. But who knows? <laughs> it's about styling. It's about artistry and creativity. And I think in surgery, plastic surgery allows you to do all of that. Um, and every patient is different. So mm-hmm. you get to use your skills to create new things, but also tailor to the patient. So it's the same thing as architecture, right? You're designing or interior design, you're designing for your customer and it Mm -hmm. kind of blends its way into that. 
Um, so I think that was like a hindsight 2020, like, how did I get here? Cause people have asked me that. And I think it was always sort of in me mm-hmm. to be creative. It's just, you know, and, and I totally can see that. Absolutely. I think it's so cool though, that it's artistry. That's really what it is. It is. You're just, on a living, breathing it person. It is. And, and so oh. sometimes it seems scary, right? That you can be artistic on a person, but mm-hmm. you're still using those core surgical skills and values, right. you know, as a physician, but you get to be more artistic about it. I, I think that's, fun. that's so cool. It is. Yes. It would be fun. Yes. Uh, so we've, I, there's all kinds of myths and things floating out there about plastic surgery, right? right? And it have been since the beginning of time. Right. Let's dispel some of those. Okay. Uh, you know what people talk about. I know this is going to continue. We're going to, there's going to be a lot that right. we have to talk about, but what are some that you hear all the time? Right. I mean, I think one of the biggest myths is that people look fake after plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. And truly, in my opinion, if you know someone's had plastic surgery, it probably wasn't the greatest artistic job, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, it's about natural results. It's about getting natural results. If you walk down the street and you see someone, you say, oh my gosh, she's had a facelift. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't really be able to point that out in somebody. So I think that's a misconception that people look fake when they do it. Um, another misconception, it's about vanity. I will tell you that most of my patients that come in aren't, it's not about vanity. It's just about feeling good. Mm-hmm. Um, just like we color our hair because we don't want our hair to go gray or right. we work out because we feel better in clothing. I really do think that that's a big part of it and doing it for yourself and not for others. I think the media portrays it in a different way and um, it's always excessive, right? right? Everything you see on TV is excess and that's not real plastic surgery. Because you're always seeing the star who keeps yes. going back and back and back and then all of a sudden... They, they don't look recognizable anymore. Right. And it's not meant to um, put down colleagues, but I think a good plastic surgeon will say no. Uh-huh. No, you don't right. need that. Or no, you look fine or stop because everything looks good. Because it can be an addiction. Like be. I can see that. Like yeah. you go down or it's almost like if you have an addictive personality. Right. It could be addictive. It could. And I think that's the job of your physician to say, hey, mm-hmm. everything is okay. You don't need to look at things like that. Um, I often have patients that come in that say, look at these lines around my mouth and I can't see them. And I say, <laughs> you have a magnifying mirror at home, don't mm-hmm. you? I said, stop looking in that because that's not what I see. Right. You know, So you can't treat a picture. You can't treat magnification. Um, you have to treat the patient. And it's usually when I walk in, if I see something right away, then I said, okay, that's a surgical problem, right? Mm-hmm. But if I don't see it and someone has to point it out to me, it's probably not even there. Right. Absolutely. That's great advice because yeah. it does take someone to be honest with you. It does, for sure. And know that they can trust you enough to go, Right, you don't need that. Right. But and let's, what about this? <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, it's interesting because even when I started, I was in my mid-30s. And I think aging happens in your 20s, but not really. Mm-hmm. But when you hit 30, 35, after having kids and you start going through the process yourself of how your mm-hmm. body changes, you, of course, look at things differently as well. Um, so that has been an interesting journey for me to like, relate to patients. So first it was like postpartum. Right. What are my patients feeling? And then also signs of aging. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I do have a little bit of a jowl. What am I going to yeah, do about so you know that? What? That's really funny because it's like my body went to hell in a handbasket after yeah. I have my twins. Babies, yes. <laughs> it's like, what did you do to me? Yes. I mean, you know, plastic surgery is not about necessarily just cosmetic surgery mm-hmm. or aesthetic surgery. I often say that a mommy makeover is kind of reconstructive mm-hmm. because you give yourself to these children, which is awesome. And there's nothing like it. Right. 
But then when you sit down in your belly is sitting on your legs, you're just like, well, that wasn't there before. I don't or, like it, you know? Or the boobs. Yeah. Or like the What's pencil test. Exactly. What is the pencil test? It's where you stick the pencil underneath your breast and if it stays there, oh. it didn't used to happen. <laughs> don't watch me on camera, that, everyone. It's what <laughs> I'm you, trying it right yes, now. I mean, it's. Really? It, I'd not heard that. Oh, yeah. I mean, patients come to me and say, I have a positive pencil test. And I was like, well, guess what? I know what that is. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. See, is there an age like, so I've heard from people like doing Botox or or doing anything, the earlier, earlier you start, the better, because then people don't know that you've done something that kind of plays into maybe that myth. Right. Well, truly signs of aging do start in our twenties and that's usually because of sun damage, but it's Mm -hmm. very mild. So I don't see a lot of 20-year-olds unless they're coming in for lip augmentation, you know, which mm-hmm. I think um, Kylie Jenner has probably helped us with <laughs> that. Course. But but um, Botox starting it early, there's a couple of reasons we have lines on our face. One is facial expressions and one is sun damage. So the facial expressions, so if you're frowning a lot or you're smiling a lot, some people have early signs mm-hmm. of starting getting those lines etched. So I don't think it's about... Um, not having people know that you're doing it, but if you can't make that face and those lines can't form. So I'd say like early thirties, mid thirties, when they start, you start getting creases in your face is a good time for preventative reasons. Does that stop you from having to have a facelift earlier or or later in life if you do Botox? I would say no, because I think that all of our non-surgical treatments, Botox, fillers, all of our, um, technologies are really good for the upper two thirds of the face. Mm. But then when you start getting in the lower two thirds, like the jowls, the neck, we don't have anything that's really great. That's going to replace surgery. So sometimes I say if a patient is like in their early fifties and they're having early signs of aging, mm-hmm. but they're not ready for surgery, which is totally reasonable, right? Cause fifties sometimes early for patients, you can distract from the neck by rejuvenating the upper face with mm. Botox and fillers and having really awesome skin. So if I walk in and I don't even look at your neck, right? Because everything else looks now awesome. Now I'm looking at my neck. Well, listen, my every, neck right? <laughs> last night I was putting retinol on my neck. So I was like, what are these lines? And I never <laughs> used to look at that. But so that stuff, that non-surgical stuff can be used to distract, right? From mm-hmm. some, some, of this, some of the early signs of aging. But then I have patients that come in in their 40s and want a facelift. And I say, no, I'm like, mm-hmm. there's, I'm not putting a scar on you because you look too good and there's no reason to do it. So that's where that balance of using non-surgical and surgical and looking at the patient, mm-hmm. looking at age, like, is it worth putting a scar on you? Right. That's the biggest decision, you know? I look at my neck now. No, I'm, Your neck looks good. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I mean, it's, I'm 43 now. So I'm just starting, like I sleep on my side I'm, and I'm like, whoa, where did these come from? So I identify with my mm-hmm. patients who put silicone on, them, on oh their chest gosh. and they lay on their backs. And I was like, wait, I have to do that now. I need something to keep me from yes. laying on my, you know, make me yeah. lay on my back at I night. Mean, it doesn't keep me up at night that I have lines, but right. I notice them now. Right. right. So if there's something I can yeah. do about it, then oh I'm going to do it. Absolutely. You are. Is your closet overflowing or maybe your kids' closets are as well? Or maybe you just want to redecorate your home. If you're wondering what to do with all that stuff that you've accumulated, bring it all to True Fashionistas or even ship it to them for free if you don't live in the area and they'll sell your items for you. They take away all the hassle by doing all the work and all you have to do is sit back and collect your money. Plus, it's extra money in the bank for all of the presents that you want to buy yourself. You can reach out to them online at truefashionistas.com 
or come into the store or check them out on Facebook or Instagram. And that's truefashionistas.com. All right, friends, we are back in the studio with Dr. Kieran Gill, and we are talking about plastic surgery. So fun. Okay, so you mentioned jowls. Yes. Is this this part of my? I'm, if you are, if you can see us on camera, you're on YouTube. You can see that I'm touching like the lower part of my my chin. Sure. Underneath my chin. So Is that a jowl? Jowls are really um, along mm-hmm. the jawline. So oh. when your cheek drops and you kind of get that, um, when you look in your Facebook phone or you're on your phone oh. in that little area right, here. Like, right by the chin, those are jowls. So oh. that's, I think, the earliest sign of aging. And then some people get neck laxity as well. So that's what we were talking about with mm-hmm. the lower face and neck. What can you do? And as we get down there, I would say there's lots of technologies that are out there. But if it's a true surgical... Mm-hmm problem, none of those technologies are necessarily going to do what surgery does. That doesn't mean there's not a place for it. It just means that your result won't be what surgery is. Got it. As I'm sitting here looking at I my job, I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So other misconceptions, do we have more misconceptions that people are throwing out there? I think another big one is that plastic surgery is going to fix, I guess, in lack of what are a better way to say it is not working out, right? Mm, so you totally have, to have heard that healthy. one. You have to be healthy. You have to be fit. Um, and so plastic surgery, liposuction is not a solution for that. So I always, if a patient comes in and they're looking for a surgical solution for a health problem, mm-hmm. we can't offer that, you know? And and so I, I often encourage them. I said, hey, come back and see me in three months, six months. If you need me to be your point of reference mm-hmm. that you come back every 10 pounds and I say, keep going, then that's what we're going to do. Wow. But you can't let go of being healthy mm-hmm. just to have plastic surgery. That's great advice. Which leads me to something else is what is one thing, or maybe there's more than one thing that you wish your patients knew before they thought about a cosmetic procedure? I think it goes back to the same thing. I think it's the biggest thing is being healthy. It's not a quick fix, mm-hmm. you know? So um, a lot of plastic surgery is also counseling, not just on what surgical procedures can I do to make you look better, but what are what is your diet? What is your exercise mm-hmm. regimen? What are you doing to be active, you know? So I think if people understood that that is part of it, you know, like we all know that, but some people come in not understanding that you have to be at your ideal weight or close to it. For your results to be awesome. Right. Because so many times it's just in our society, we want a quick fix. Yes. Give me that pill. Give me that potion. Immediate gratification. <laughs> and I can totally see that. Yes. But it does make sense. If right. you're not in optimal shape, you're right. not going to, number one, not going to recover as well. Correct? 100%. Higher risk of complications. Recovery is more difficult. Um, you know, and and it doesn't, just if I, if I take off someone's big tummy, if they're, everything else is overweight, it's not going to make you mm-hmm. healthier. Right? right. So, so being fit and having an active lifestyle is number one for sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so true. That's yes. very true. So if someone's looking for a plastic surgeon and, and maybe they don't live here in Naples, sure. they live somewhere else. How do you go about that journey? One day you realize, you know, and, oh my gosh, I think I need a facelift or right. a tummy tuck or what, any procedure. Right. How do I go about finding who's right for me and, and how do I begin that journey? So it's interesting because I think um, aesthetic surgery has really taken off in the last 20 years. And so unfortunately, because it's a cash-based business, you have a lot of people coming into it that perhaps didn't have the training as a true plastic Mm -hmm. surgeon. 
And plastic surgery is not just about aesthetics. We also do reconstructive work. So if you are a board certified plastic surgeon, which is what I urge everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, to seek out or a board certified facial plastic surgeon, those, you know, those physicians are trained the way they need to be trained to be able to do your procedure safely. So that's a totally separate, you go through your med school, but then you go through another training. Exactly. So it's med school. And then for plastic surgery, sometimes you can do general surgery and then plastics. And then there's also, you know, straight plastic surgeries, but they're all board certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. They have a website. So I think Mm -hmm. making sure that your surgeon is a board certified plastic surgeon, not just an MD, Mm -hmm. not just have, I I have a license in the state, but a board certified plastic surgeon. And then above and beyond that, I always encourage patients to meet several surgeons because Mm -hmm. not every surgeon is for a patient. Um, I think in my practice, I get a lot of women who like that we're all women in the practice, but that's not for everyone, you know? You're all women. That's awesome. It's all women. And I and that's it's been fun and I love my male colleagues, mm-hmm. but it's just it's just sort of how it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have patients who seek out the practice because of that, you know? And so you have to interview your plastic surgeon just like we interview our patients, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe I don't want to operate oh. on every patient. So that, you know what? That's realis- probably true, right? Realistic expectations are important, you know. So if you don't feel like you can achieve what a mm-hmm. patient is looking for, then maybe I'm not the surgeon for mm-hmm. them. So um board certified, see a lot of people, look at the before and after pictures. Do they have the aesthetic that you're looking for? And that's how I think you mm-hmm. come to getting the right person for you. Makes sense because yeah. we all want to walk out, yeah. you know, <laughs> younger looking. Yes, of than, course. And happy with the results, mm-hmm, right? Right. But everyone's idea of natural is different too. But you know, so, that's true. What's your point of reference? Right. What's natural to you? Exactly. I not, often mm-hmm. ask patients to bring pictures and show me what you think looks natural because I've been duped before, for sure. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Because, you know, you may think it's, you know, one person may think it's completely, you know. Smaller breasts. Yeah. Versus larger breasts. Right. right? And and so I I have definitely had a conversation with the patient where that at the pre-op, they bring a picture in and I said, oh, well, we're going to have to go a little bit bigger if that's what, <laughs> what you think is natural, which is fine. Right. As long as I know. Right. Mm-hmm. So conversations pictures, uh, lots of discussions before surgery. Wonderful. So any any closing words that you have for our listeners today? I mean, I think to understand that plastic surgery is part of a continuum. So beauty can start from skincare, which we offer in our practice, to working out, to, um, to non-surgical, to surgical. So finding where you land, mm-hmm. you know, um, in a plastic surgery office that offers all of that, you can kind of know where you land. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think seeking out someone that you trust is important and knowing what you want is important. Fabulous. Yeah. So Dr. Gill, if our listeners want to get a hold of you, how do they do so? I think the easiest way is to go to our website, which is www.kierangillmd.com. And you can send in a contact form. You can call the office. Um, we're pretty responsive. So if someone wants to find us, that's where we're at. Perfect. And we'll also drop that website into our show notes as Perfect. well so that everyone has that. And thanks again, everyone, for tuning into The Fashionista Life. I'm Jennifer Johnson. And this has been brought to you by True Fashionistas. Make your day fabulous. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Fashionista Life. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Fashionista Life.